0: Good morning. Good morning. As we work our way through Genesis this summer, this week we're encountering our third passage in the saga of Abraham and his family. Each of these passages read alone can have an almost dreamlike quality, even nightmarish. This particular story has sparked quite a lot of dreaming and imagination, from the rabbinical midrash tradition to Kierkegaard, to an array of novels and poems imagining the story from this or that character's perspective. The shock value of this story can keep us focused on its violence and horror, both anticipated and realized. Yet, our forebears in Jewish and Christian interpretive tradition encourage hearers to move beyond a literal reading of challenging stories. To move beyond the stumbling stone that these shocking scenes image. Scripture is not only to be read with our analytical minds, but also to be heard with our imaginative ears and the ears of our hearts. Until recent times, these stories were primarily encountered through being spoken and heard, a tradition we continue to practice each week. The written form in which we often encounter scripture can trigger our rational, analytic minds, but the auditory form offers a more imaginative frame okay. can you hear me now all right I can project but this is' a, not that much Thank you um, interesting speaking about auditory form and. <laughs> As stories intended to be spoken aloud, heard, and reflected on, the stories trade in archetype and symbol. The role that the characters play shifts throughout the narrative. The protagonists and even God aren't always intended to play the good guy. Certainly, Abraham and Sarah don't always act admirably according to contemporary ethics. These stories encourage wrestling with God, and with how we view the world, to see more than meets the eye. They might lead us to see that God's creativity far exceeds our own. Although at first glance this story appears to be about a sacrifice, I don't believe it is a story about sacrifice just as the story of Noah is not about boats. Rather, it's a story about faith. Faith that there will be a future. Faith in survival, in perseverance, and in God's promise that there will be a future for children and life on earth. Sacrifice isn't the climax of this story. Isaac doesn't die. Yet, through this story, Abraham and Sarah encounter a situation where they almost lose that which they've hoped for. But God provides another way. What's crucial to this story is that Isaac is not lost, their family's hope for a future is not lost. What's crucial is God's reminder that even when things seem impossible, the worst does not come to pass. Throughout Genesis and Exodus, our protagonists work through situations that test their faith in the hope of a future. This comes most explicitly in the promise of descendants, repeated over and over and over again throughout these two books. There's a promise that there will be a future for their family and their people on the earth, even when the odds seem bleak. There's the promise of a better life in Canaan, that leads Abram and Sarai, as they were called at the time, and their whole household on an arduous journey through Egypt. There's the promise that they will have a child and descendants. There's the promise that Hagar and Ishmael will survive after being cruelly cast out. And there's the promise that food and sustenance will be provided, that their child, Isaac, will survive. In each story, the protagonists are asked to have faith in a future that will arise in ways they can't yet see. For them, as for us, that faith is sometimes hard to hold on to. There come times on life's journey when we may begin to ask, is God trustworthy? Even when walking on a path of faith, times will arise when we doubt if this is a God we can trust. Because the gap between prayer and provision can be long. The gap between a need and its solution can be long. We have the benefit of hearing these stories, knowing how they end. But their power is in the length and depth and breadth of that gap between prayer and its response. In the 40 years in the desert, in the 90 years hoping for a child, in those long two days walking to the mountain. In the gap is where so much of the faith journey is lived. But throughout scripture, God promises again and again that there will be a future. In our reading from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus affirms God's devotion to the little ones above all else. In Jesus' words, as in these Hebrew Bible stories, God's promise of a future is affirmed. Yet sometimes that promised future can feel hazy or distant or doubtful. On Tuesday, we celebrate the 4th of July, the 247th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, an intention to found a nation based on liberty and equality. And just two weeks ago, we celebrated the 158th anniversary of Juneteenth, the much-delayed liberation of the last enslaved persons in this country. Are we as a nation living into the promise of liberty and equality made at our founding and reaffirmed in the Civil War and ongoing struggles for liberty and equality ever since? Today I'm joining Sarah and Abraham in concern for children and the future of life. In the life of our nation and the world, I worry about the little ones, about the future, and the present for children and young people. Opportunities for a higher education, for an education that can liberate us into our potential in this world, become increasingly challenging with this week's Supreme Court decisions to limit affirmative action for college admissions and to block relief to the student debt crisis. Gun violence and the opioid crisis continue to take the lives of thousands every year. The United States is the only country in the world in which guns are the leading cause of death for children and teenagers. The leading cause. And just look outside. Smoke from Canadian wildfires is still hanging in the air. A sign in our very eyes and lungs of the ways the climate is changing every day. Yet every day we can find good news about our common human effort to ensure a livable future for our children and the planet. Innovations in urban design, energy and agriculture continue to transform our energy sources food production, and impact on the Earth. Renewable energy use is growing faster than ever. Last year, for the first time, renewables produced more energy than coal-powered plants in the US, and in the EU, they're now the leading source of energy provision. And scientists continue to innovate ways to locate the precious resources needed for photovoltaic cells and batteries that don't sacrifice the well-being of people and planet. A livable future is not guaranteed. We have to work together to bring that about. Sarah and Abraham didn't reach Canaan by sitting on their couch. Answers to our greatest challenges call for our greatest creativity, collaboration, and effort. And for a little prayer sometimes. Yet in our striving, we're not alone. We join with our creator, who again and again promises to secure the future of this beautiful earth, our island home. Amen.